Well, I love that we reflect on the baptism of Jesus in this epiphany season and that focus around water with all its cleansing and refreshing and renewing power. And I think it comes home to us afresh as we've perhaps been at the beach or the river or wherever, or perhaps we've just been out uh, enjoying watering our gardens um, and uh, also loving hearing when it comes that good rain on the roof with all its refreshing and reviving power. Of course, there's also been too much rain up north as we uh, think of uh, our friends up north with the floods. And uh, I was just up in uh, Auckland for a little while uh, the other week in the middle of that cyclone when it certainly was sort of hot and wet and windy and uh, not too wonderful. But of course, we never take that water for granted. Um, uh, Hang on, I think just go on to that next slide. Yeah, there we are. Uh, just, um, I was looking at the, 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 the nice, beautiful blue-green water in the video, but um, when I, on my visits to the Holy Land, um, I do recall being in the, the dryness and the heat of that desert um, in the Jordan Valley and near the Dead Sea, and you can see that the water is not blue <laughs> or green at all, and in fact, we didn't go underneath it. But uh, just remembering that it is the lowest place on earth and one of the hottest places on earth. Uh, And of course, pilgrims and tourists go there these days to cover themselves in that therapeutic Dead Sea mud and to float in the salty water. Uh, But near here, in Jesus' time, there were actually communities who lived out here in the desert. And one such community that we know about were called the Essenes. And they'd withdrawn from the cities. They were saying that they thought life there in the city was corrupt and compromised. And there was a real sort of move of the spirit. They went out in the desert and they were waiting for the long-promised Messiah. And so there were those who were out there waiting for God, uh, praying for God's Messiah to come. Uh, There'd been a long 400 years when they hadn't been hearing from God. And so uh, there were those who were really out there longing for God to come. And of course, uh, the birth of Jesus that we've just celebrated took place in that context of, of people, good people who were longing Uh, for God to come and redeem his people and looking for God to intervene in the world. And it's it's sort of hard for us to reach back through the centuries and uh, to think of of Jesus there and to think of John the Baptist and those prophetic figures like John the Baptist, but they were certainly there and they were the ones who were fervently calling out to people and saying, uh, we need to change our ways and to change our world. And in some ways... It's not very different now, is it, 2,000 years later? Who are the prophets among us? Who are the ones who are calling out like John the Baptist did? And, of course, uh, John, son of Elizabeth and Zechariah, as we saw, cousin, we think, of Jesus, uh, was one of those. Uh, And, of course, known to us uh, as he's come down as John the Baptizer or John the Baptist. He was out there in the desert living a, a really rugged, uh, simple, ascetic sort of life, grasshoppers and things and wild honey, telling anyone who would listen that they needed to change their ways and change their lives. And interestingly enough, although quite a lot of other people had um, uh, other disciples with them, he did have some disciples, we think, uh, and some of them eventually he encouraged to follow Jesus. 
He was saying the kingdom of God is near. Look out for the king. You need to be keeping your eyes open. And he urged the crowds who came to him. They thought he was a bit strange, but strangely attractive. Um, you have to change. You have to turn away from uh, ways of life that were often corrupt and unjust. Um, in some ways, things were not so different. And he said, repent, literally means to turn around on the spot, to turn around and face in a new direction and follow this Messiah who is coming. And John was saying, he's not here yet, but he is coming soon. And of course, today we remember that moment when Jesus walked into the River Jordan and John baptizes him. And we can forget perhaps how shocking this was because John was saying, uh, people repent, and John even says to Jesus, hang on a moment, shouldn't this be the other way round? Uh, John saw something in Jesus and said, shouldn't you be the one who's baptizing me? And yet Jesus says to him, this is the way it needs to be at the moment. This is the way for things to be done right. Jesus was acknowledging that he was coming as a human being like us. And he too was willing to submit to the ministry of someone else. He came in great humility and to identify with us. And I think that's rather lovely and it's a pattern we'll see in Jesus' ministry going right through that he will wash Peter's feet. He will allow a woman to anoint him. He will allow later Pilate to crucify him. And so Jesus humbly offers his ministry and yet doesn't force it on anyone. Just a couple more pics, uh, Hannon, just going on uh, there, the same place, just, just by, the, um, by the River Jordan there. It's now, this is on the Israeli side. It's now been made a pilgrim place where you can see you can step into the water and then on to the next one. Uh, yep, there, there's the place, the palm trees. It's just recently been developed because it was uh, very much on the border between Israel and Jordan, and there were lots of, there were over 4,000 mines that needed, the whole place needed to be demined, uh, which reflects on just the way things have been. And in the next slide, I think you can see the soldiers who are actually on both sides of the river, um, only sort of from one side of this room to the other, the Israeli soldiers on one side, the Jordanian soldiers on the other, uh, just, shall we say, watching each other. Uh, so it's still a place of conflict and reminds us of so much polarization in the world. And we're very aware at this time of Ukraine and Russia. And I hope, too, we'll be keeping in our prayers uh, Andrew, Andy Bagshaw, and uh, Sue and Philip at this time as we really hold them within our love and, and um, just really are praying. Uh, for those ones there who, um, who we just don't know what's happened, but God knows, and uh, we pray for them at this time. So, and just on to the next one there. Uh, when we were there, uh, just in the Jordan, uh, by the Jordan there, and, and we renewed our own baptismal vows, I must confess we didn't go right under the water, uh, being that colour. Um, but there was a lovely group of Ethiopian Christian pilgrims there, and they'd all uh, dressed in white, and they were renewing their baptismal vows. And um, it they were so joyous. It was just such a lovely occasion to be alongside um, our Christian brothers and sisters just from another um, part of the world. And uh, it was really a joy to uh, be alongside them and to know that they were there. 
And um, I think just in the last one is one of my favourite pictures. This, this guy reminded me of John the Baptist. <laughs> I thought he was just such a lovely guy with his little girl there. Um, and uh, I just thought, there's your modern day John the Baptist. So we have that lovely image of baptism and our common baptism, just as Jesus received baptism, human like us. And we have all sorts of images we use when we talk about baptism, washing and cleansing, new birth, all those lovely images of water and life. But of course, also we're very aware that uh, it's also a very powerful image of drowning to the old life and rising again to the new life. And that's an important image as well. Uh, John proclaimed that baptism of repentance, leaving aside, turning aside from the old life, going deep down into the river, uh, wade in the water, um, as uh, you know, Wendy's uh, song there. Um, and it's a lovely image that we are called again to go into the water and to turn, and at the beginning of this new year, to reorient our lives into the river of God's spirit, to get back into the flow of the river. Being immersed in the river, and we have to learn, don't we, and perhaps it takes a lifetime to learn to go with the flow of the spirit. And also that going under and coming up again are constant parts of life. And sometimes when we feel that we're drowning, we just reach out our hand to Jesus and say, hold on to me. Hold me tight when this river seems to be flowing too fast. And, uh, and sometimes we can be there on the bank thinking, I'm not sure whether I even want to put my foot into the river of this year. And yet we know that Jesus goes there ahead of us uh, and we can get back in the water too. Someone said, all our life is touched by ocean, but we stand on the shore of what we know. All our life is touched by ocean, but we stand on the shore. You know when you stand at the beach and you, you put your feet in the water and you feel like you're going backwards, you know, when you look down at your feet and you can see the, the water running through. And sometimes we stand on the edge there, and yet Jesus says there's a whole ocean of God's love for you to try out. Uh, don't be afraid to step into the water. Um, there's no place that I haven't been. There's no place this year that I haven't been, and I will go with you into whatever this year holds. So let's uh, be brave and be willing to put our toes in the ocean, to put our toes in the river. Uh, someone said this, to let go of what we think we know, to make room for new epiphanies, requires a willingness to accept fluidity, flux, change, and growth. The willingness to not be locked into a previous edition of ourselves, not be locked into previous editions of other people, or even previous editions of who Jesus can be to us. Because Jesus comes not just to show us what God is like, but to show us what human life can be too, as we grow into him through this year, drenched in the grace and mercy of God. So as we think again of baptism, that gateway to a rhythm of life that refuses to become spiritually dried out, and sometimes we all have times of feeling spiritually dry, and today's a day to come to the water again, to stand under that shower of God's rain and God's love, the Spirit of God who is water, 
the one who says to us, come, drink, live. So may we flow with the Spirit's direction this year. We've got new things. We'll have Andrew and Yvette joining us uh, soon. We've got Andy with our Antioch folks. It's just so lovely uh, to see new things happening this year. There'll be big changes for some of us, and some we know about, and some we don't know yet. And yet God is faithful. Um, so let's hold on to that as we come at this beginning of the year. And as we meet around with our baptism reminders and round the table, uh, may we hear God's voice say to us afresh, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are the beloved. It's a beautiful word to hang on to. You are the beloved, beloved by God. With you, I'm well pleased. And we tried to scatter around um, some of these little cards this morning. And this is one you might like to tuck into your wallet or wherever, into your purse. Um, when things are perhaps challenging this year, when perhaps you're going into a new thing, quiet in your mind, know that God is with you. Imagine standing in a big pool of God's love. It's a beautiful image, isn't it? A big pool of God's love, um, that invisible but ever-present pool of God's Spirit with us. May that be so for us this year. Amen. Well, uh, Joe's going to lead us in our prayers, and uh, we'll too be reflecting on that image of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Joe.